Music Christmas. Lagos, I'm Sandra Ezekwesili, and you're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. How accurate is the EU's report on the general elections? How accurate is the EU's report on the general elections? The Tinubu camp says that uh, the EU exaggerated the issues. The OB camp says it underreported the issues. The Atiku camp says it was just right. Now, of course, I'm talking about the European Union's election observer uh, missions report about the elections on February 25th and March 18th. And it brings me to our big hard fact for um, today, right? Um, according to the European Union's EOM report, a quarter of polling units did not have a result on IREV at the moment INEC declared Bolatinubu president-elect. That's an important point because INEC's own regulations stated that all results must be transmitted in real time from the polling units using BVAS and uploaded onto IREV. So the EU is calling out INEC for allegedly breaking its own rules and undermining trust in the process. But like I said, Tinubu's people have rejected this. They've accused the EU of having ulterior motives. And um, that's why we'll be having this conversation for the rest of the hour. I'm supposed to have Samson Itodo from Yaga Africa um, join us. Um, uh, he's not here yet. Hopefully he does join us eventually. But Lagos, let me hear from you. Because one of those, uh, some of those who are defending INEC with this uh, report from the EU, they say things like, well, the EU should keep its nose out of Nigeria's business. But you have those who say the EU donated money to INEC for the election, and that gives them a say. They also say INEC certified the EU um, election observer's mission to monitor the election. So it doesn't make sense to criticize them for observing. What do you think about that? 0700-993-993-993. We're now joined by Samson Itodo. Samson, good to have you on the show. Good evening. Hi, Samson. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, I can. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, now I can. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm very well. Um, so, uh, some of those who are defending INEC are saying that the EU should keep its nose out of Nigeria's business, but you have others who say that the EU donated money to INEC for the election, which gives them a say. They also say INEC certified the EU o uh, EOM to monitor the election, so it doesn't make sense to criticize them for observing. What, what's your view on the EU's role here? Um, first, I think it's important to note four things. The first one is the EU um, election observation mission came to Nigeria based on an invitation from the federal government of Nigeria. The EU observation mission didn't just come here on its own. It came because the Nigerian government invited um, the EU. 
Secondly, that invitation flows from a bilateral relationship that the EU enjoys with Nigeria. The EU has made tremendous contribution to Nigeria's democracy and elections through the EU SDGN, the Support for Democratic Governance Project in Nigeria. In, 20, um, in 2015, thereabout, um, the EU committed over 20, about 25 million um, euros. Um, and by 2019, um, to down to 2023, the, the second project, the EU has committed over 40 million euros. And a large chunk of this money goes to INEC. Um, it's to support INEC's work um, around capacity building, around trainings, around um, policies, and also to support INEC with some of the operational issues. So um, the EU is, is, it has provided a lot of support to Nigeria. Mm. I think the third thing that we need to note is the EU election observation mission and the EU delegation in Nigeria are two separate entities. Mm. The EU election observation mission is deployed from Brussels. And so they are answerable to Brussels and they are not answerable to the EU delegation in Nigeria. And so I think it's important to make this distinction. And my sense of the EU observation uh, reports, because the EU observ election observation um, is reputed across the world as one of the um, most um, trusted um, you know, um, election observation mission with its own clear framework and standards. And I say this, um, having worked on elections for over two decades, um, the EU is, is known for a very comprehensive observation of elections. And the findings contained in the EU observation reports align with citizens' views. It aligns with civil society position, especially Yaga Africa, and they've provided a pathway for reform. And I think that Nigeria should embrace, you know, the reports and look at ways we can take some of those recommendations and implement them. Mm. Now, the report criticized INEC's non-use of IREV for the presidential election in real time. The report says, quote, presidential result forms from polling units were not displayed in real time on the IREV as committed to by INEC and, and anticipated by all stakeholders. A critical failure in the entire election process manifested at collation stage on February uh, 25 due to widespread disorganization, a lack of adherence to prescribed procedures, and an unsuitable environment. By the time of the declaration of presidential results, one quarter of result forms were still missing from the IREV, and a significant percentage of the forms uploaded on IREV often needed for comparison with manual results were not legible, end quote. And that issue keeps coming up, Samson. Um, so far, INEC doesn't seem to have a direct answer. What was Yaga's assessment of the use of IREV on election day? I think the position um, and the contents of the EU report in relation to um, the IREV is it's clear. All they have said is what citizens know. That first, the IREV didn't function when it came to the transmission of presidential election results. And that cast a shadow of doubt on the integrity of the process. These things are not, uh, they are not um, extracted from 
from the moon or anyway. These are lived experiences of Nigerians because mm. Nigerians had their expectations so high that the IRF and INEC was going to deliver on its promise. But it failed when it comes to presidential, the transmission of presidential election results. Mm. And INEC has said it was as a result of a glitch, you know, and the way INEC managed the communication, you know, also, you know, raised a lot of questions. Because if INEC responded promptly just to tell Nigerians, we're having a technical glitch, the moment they discovered that there was a technical glitch, I think that would have inspired confidence. But waiting after 48 hours, and even after the results were announced and they were declared and returns were made, up till this moment, INEC had not concluded, you know, the upload of those results. So, um, quite frankly, there are questions INEC must answer. Um, was the technical glitch accidental? Was it intentional? These are questions that Nigerians have and they deserve to know what happened to the IREV that was procured using taxpayers' money. Well, I, uh, we, we would have heard um, a response from INEC in court today, but we're, we're being told that um, they weren't quite ready for their defense in court today. Lagos, if you just tuned in, I've got Samson Itoto here. He is the executive director of Yaga. And we're talking about um, a report from the EU, the EU's election observer mission. They uh, put out a report uh, about the elections on February 25th and March 18th. And this report claims that um, these discrepancies had a negative impact on public trust for the election results. Do you agree with that take? What evidence have you seen of this, if you agree with that take, Samson? Sorry. I didn't get the last question. I was saying that the report claims, and you've also said on the show, yeah. that these discrepancies mm -hmm. had a negative impact on public trust for the election results. Is this a claim that you agree with? Is, is this a take that you agree with? Do you have, have you seen evidence of um, the negative impact on public trust of this, if you agree with it? Uh, absolutely. Uh, and every, every patriotic Nigerian, um, even if your candidate won, um, you know, their seats in this election, um, you can clearly see that the level of trust in INEC, you know, has nosedived following this election. And it's just based on the way the process was managed. So, I'll, and I'll give you three classic examples. INEC produced, for the very first time, time in our electoral history, the ballot papers and the results sheets were produced in Nigeria. Since 1999, all sensitive materials have been produced outside Nigeria. This is the first time INEC decided to produce those materials locally to avert any postponement due to late arrival of materials or logistical issues. Fantastic policy, fantastic decision taken by INEC. But did the outcome right did it deliver on its desired outcome because the desired outcome was to ensure polling units open early at 7 30 on election day but what did we see we discovered and nigerians also experienced this that it was late arrival of election materials yaga africa deployed over 4,000 observers to a random sample of polling units using our pvt 
when we looked at the data for opening, when other geopolitical zones were recording 40% com commencement and 40% of polling units, places like the South-South and the South is recorded very low, late opening of polls. At 9.30 during the presidential elections, only in about 11% of polling units in the Southeast and about 20, 22 or 23% of polling units in the South-South had opened. But all the other regions, you know, were hitting about 40 to 50% um, commencement. So you can see that to an extent, it appears there was a deliberate and intentional, you know, um, delay of, of the process in those particular locations. The second thing, and then how do you, how do you explain to the voters in those regions, how come INEC didn't deploy materials early? For them to cast their votes in f city in abuja where i reside abuja where the INEC headquarters is polling units opened late people were standing on the queues as late as 8 to 9 p.m on election day you know before they cast um just to cast their vote right. the second issue is you look at what happened in adamawa you look at what happened in abia look at what happened in lagos you know the voter suppression um you know, the, the role that INEC officials play to undermine the entire process. Hmm. For Nigerians who expected they were going to cast their vote in an election where there was a new legal framework, there was technology, but they were prevented from casting their votes. And those Nigerians, you know, are, are entitled to vote. It's a constitutional right, but they were denied, you know, of that, of that right. And you expect them to have confidence, you know, in INEC and the Electoral Commission? No. So I, I completely align with, you know, um, the, the views expressed in, 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 the, in the EU Observer report, report because it's a reflection of the views that Nigerians, you know, do have um, following the, the general election. elections. All right. We'll take a bit of a break and then we'll come and talk about the recommendations that um, the report uh, made for INEC. So the report made 23 recommendations for INEC, but lists six as key recommendations. And um, um, when we come back from this break, we'll take a deep look uh, at some of these recommendations. Um, Lagos, uh, as a reminder for you who just tuned in, I've got the executive director, Yaga, on, on the show with me, uh, Samson Itodo, and we're talking about the accuracy of the EU's report on the general elections. Um, I'm talking about the European Union's election observer missions report on the 25th, uh, on the elections that happened on, on February 25th and March 18th. And the six key recommendations they made for INEC are, number one, revise election laws and regulations to remove ambiguities and conflicting interpretations. They suggest that INEC sets up an inclusive process for this. Number two, set up a new process for selecting INEC recs and commissioners. They say that uh, this process should be inclusive and accountable to the public. Number three, results should be uploaded only in real time and only from the polling unit. And collation should be done openly and transparently with collation forms uploaded as well. All of these uploads should be in a format that is easy to re-download from the database. Number four, there should be quicker and more serious investigation 
of attacks on media practitioners because according to the EU, there was a lot of suppression of the media by government actors and government supporters. Number five, get more serious about women's representation by putting in place special measures and education and sensitization of the public. And then number six, stronger enforcement of electoral rules and better investigation and punishment of um, electoral crimes. So when we come back from this break, we're going to look at these recommendations one by one. We'll start with, um, you know, the, the, the recommendation to revise laws and regulations to remove um, ambiguities. So Samson will let me know what ambiguities he believes exist in the current legal framework for elections. Lagos, you can also be part of the conversation. Let me tell you how you can make some money. How accurate is the EU's report on the general elections? Samson Itoto, Executive Director Yaga says, very, very accurate. He says, the EU haven't said anything that Nigerians did not see for themselves, did not experience for themselves. I'm Sandra Ezekwesele. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. Let's talk about the European Union's election observer missions report about the elections on February 25th and March 18th. And according to this report, a quarter of polling units did not have a result on IREV. At the moment, INEC declared Bola Tinubu president-elect. Now, I said before the break that we will take a look at six of the key recommendations that the report made, six out of 23. So, again, revise election laws and regulations to remove ambiguities and conflicting interpretations. Samson, let's talk about that particular recommendation. What ambiguities do you believe exist in the current legal framework for elections? Oh, wow. There, there are a couple of ambiguities. So let's look at the first um, ambiguity. It stems from the provision on the, of, of the Electoral Act as it relates to the transmission of election results. So on one part, it says INEC has the power, you know, to determine the procedure for voting and transmission of results. But it goes further somewhere around section 64 and 65. And you can clearly see that the whole transmission process is quite ambiguous. It's not clear whether INEC is compelled by law, you know, to transmit um, results electronically. Mm -hmm. And then on that particular section, it also says where there is a dispute as it relates to one, the um, credibility or the figures on a result or also accreditation figures, um, the collation officer or returning officer, you know, will use the ele one transmitted electronically, you know, to, um, to resolve the dispute. Now, it doesn't say the consequence of that. This is why in the last election, the results were announced winners were declared without this comparison, um, especially in cases where they are disputed. So there's an ambiguity around that particular provision, that what is the position of the law um, on electronic transmission of, of results. So that's one. The second, um, you know, ambiguity um, within, within the um, electoral guidelines mm -hmm. 
is is the the point where you know section 64 of the act gives INEC the power to review results declared under duress that's one um, amendment that Nigerians should celebrate and take credit for because it was due to public outcry and engagement that this National Assembly returned that particular amendment because it was deleted from the report, if you recall, mm. um, sometime in June in 2021, yes. where the, the uh, electoral amendments, the report of the committee, you know, was mutilated. And the guideline says, INEC guideline says, you know, if INEC receives a report, you know, for any for a, a, any questions asked to the credibility of a result, right. that uh, the commission shall take a decision, um, you know what, to review those results. Now, the guidance is not clear on who can submit a report. Report. Mm -hmm. When can the report be submitted? Mm -hmm. What is the format of the report? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It only says if INEC receives a report. Right. So during the presidential election, if you recall, you know when um, some of the parties were questioning the results being declared. Right. Now, in those kinds of circumstances, if there were clear guidelines and rules, the parties would have been guided as to how to raise questions. Um, to call INEC's attention to review some of those. But that entire process was poorly managed. And that's also one issue. With that situation is what also led to, you know, some of this, this lack of confidence that citizens also have mm -hmm. on the electoral commission. So that's, again, one ambiguity. There are also inadequacies, you know, um, in, in the legal framework. So... In fact, let's talk about another ambiguity. Okay. The, the other ambiguity deals with campaign finance. Okay. So on one hand, the Act says, right? right. The Act says, um, INEC shall set the threshold, you know, for contributing to a candidate or a political party. Right. On the other hand, the Act now goes further to now set the threshold by saying you cannot contribute more than 50 million um to a political party but to now make it to further complicate the issue the act goes to say that you can contribute more than 50 million as long as you are able to establish the source of that money so you can clearly see that there are several ambiguities but let me speak to the inadequacies one of the inadequacies of the law is the provision in the in the electoral act that compels parties to submit list of delegates as well as their membership register to INEC before any primaries. The, the act says they can do this, but it doesn't say what is the consequence, what is what what will be the sanction for failure, you know, to submit um, your list of delegates or um your your uh, list of mem registered members of your political party uh so it is clear from testing this law that there are complexities there are inadequacies and there are ambiguities and so um the recommendation by the eu um, election observation mission is apt is relevant um, and it's consistent with um with the recommendations from civil society
All right then. Lagos, join the conversation 0700-993-993-993-01465-7190. What do you think about these um, six key recommendations? What do you think about the assessment of the observer mission? And then for those who uh, were asking me, well, who are these people even reporting to? Why are they reporting? Who gave them the right to come here and talk about this? What do you think about um, Samson Itodo's response that, hey, it was actually the federal government that invited the EU, uh, the EU's election observer mission, to come and observe, which is what they do every elections. 0700-993-993-993-01465-7190. Good evening. Sorry about that. Give me a call back if you can. Hi, good evening. Hello? Hello? Are you there? All right. Doesn't sound like you were there. We do have messages on WhatsApp, so let me take a look at some of them very quickly before I come back to the phone lines. ITK from Lecky says, the members of the European Union that came to observe the election have not examined the election from an African context, but rather are observing the situation with a developed country's perspective. Yaga Africa's view on the outcome of the election more credible than the EU's view of the election. Okay, but Yaga says they agree with the EU, right? Or, or do you have a, I don't know, a, a slightly different opinion from the EU's report, Samson? Hello, Samson. Um, no. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, no. Um, the, like I mentioned, the EU observation findings and, um, and Yaga Africa, our position is the findings and the recommendations are consistent with our findings. Um, the difference that you might find with our own um, comments, um, it's we make detailed recommendations on what actions can be taken um, but because the eu observation mission um, it's an international um, election observation mission and for sovereignty um, um, sake they, they cannot prescribe to nigeria how and what nigeria should do instead they can make broad recommendations for we who are nigerians we are the ones to now clearly prescribe what are the uh, nitty-gritties of this reform. Um, yeah. Mm. We've got Goblin from Lakaway who says, President Sandra, truth, they say, is bitter. And for the APC government, with their usual drama, uh, okay, the EU, to me, were kind enough to the APC for not telling as much of what happened on that fateful day. All right, Goblin from Lakaway. Thank you for your message. Uh, Tony Anele Inijegamo says, the EU report could be more daunting and revealing. The tribunal has concluded its evidence taking and cannot rely on EU's report again as witness. EU should always act fast, ensuring that they don't cry when the head is already off. It's obviously glaring that a lot of sand entered Gary in the last elections. However, look, should, uh, sh uh, should seriously be made into issues about election violence and voter intimidation, without which the voter apathy that characterized the last election will be child's play for future polls. Let's wait for final judgment. All right, Samuel, I think you missed the line there, so I had to skip to the next sentence. We've got Toby from Ecotton who's asking me, how come Alake keeps speaking for government? I presume he's an advisor to Mr. President, not spokesperson. Well, the EU observers are reaffirming what most Nigerians know, including those in diaspora. 
Einek fall our hand big time. I could know one day bushmeat will surely catch the hunter. Toby, thanks for your message. Let me come to you now. 99.3, hello. Hello, Sandra. Thanks for calling, sir. Uh, good evening. Good evening. What's your name? The EU are quite right. Our election is a... a what they say in our country is that if someone that have 25% in Abuja and in Lagos, they should declare him a winner. So what the EU is doing is quite right. Nigerians, we cannot want to say the truth now, but God knows the truth. The person that win Abuja and Lagos, according to the condition of the, 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 the law in Nigeria, the election, is the winner. Uh, there's no law in the constitution <laughs> that says that the person that wins Abuja and Lagos is the winner, but okay, 25% uh, of Abuja and Lagos is the winner, uh, right? Samson, we don't have any laws like that, right? Okay, it doesn't look like Samson can hear me. 99.3, hello. Hello. Thanks for calling. What's your name, sir? Hello, Sandra. Yes. Yeah, this is Dave. Welcome. Talk to me. Yes, yes. Sandra, mm -hmm. uh, God will bless uh, Yaga Africa, both the uh, EU okay. and your station. Okay. You know, these are the things we, have been, we saw happened in this country. It's unfortunate, Sandra, that we don't know anywhere we can run to in this country to get justice and judgment. That is the most painful aspect of this country. We don't know where to run to. Nowhere to run to. You see, Sandra, mm. let me tell you, mm. I was fully involved in this election. Okay. I, I even accompanied INEC officials to the collections, uh, a mini collection center for them to transmit the result. The team didn't go. Until one of the boys called us, told us that they didn't give him the right code. See, we know what happened. The guy told me to my face that they didn't give him the right code. We called INEC Abuja. Immediately one of them picked. He asked us that which party are we supporting before he will answer us. It's a shame. Sandra, it's a big shame to this country. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much uh, for calling. Uh, Samson, let's take a look at the second recommendation. The second recommendation is to set up a new process for selecting INEC recs and INEC commissioners. They say that this process should be inclusive and accountable to the public. Do you agree with this view that having the president choose the recs and the commissioners is part of the problem? I do agree 100%. It's part of the problem, and that's why um, Justice Ways, in his uh, reports, um, did say we need to remove the powers of appointing national commissioners and resident electoral commissioners from INEC, from the president. And the reason is the independence of INEC is critical for successful elections. A situation where you have the leader of a political party appoint commissioners you know, that doesn't bode well for our democracy. And that's why, you know, the Justice always recommend, recommended that, you know, that power should be removed from the president. And there's a history to this. If you recall during former President um, Buhari's time, mm. he nominated his media aide, not just his 
his media aid, he he nominated someone who has been so vocal campaigning for him mm. you know during the election yes and it's the same partisan woman he wanted to appoint into INEC. yeah but citizens and civil society resisted look at what happened in adamawa you had someone you know who was appointed just because he was a classmate of you know um the former attorney general issues around you know what's the qualification the competence is not the driving philosophy for the recruitment and appointment of INEC officials and the constitution actually creates this problem because what the constitution says under the third schedule it says that the criteria is one non-partisanship and you have to be someone of unquestionable integrity is that, sake, is, is that the problem it is the problem that we are expecting saints and non-partisanship should we instead do what perhaps the americans do which is okay everybody bring somebody from your own side so that ojuru will cancel ojuru republicans bring your people democrats bring your people third uh, uh, category parties bring your people ojuru cancel ojuru everybody is you know on on the board could we um, 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 adopt that, maybe? Could we deploy that, maybe? No, I think that you don't even need people who have partisan leanings in your electoral commission because your electoral commission is an institution that exists within a context. How do we ensure that we find people that do not have partisan leanings? I think everybody has partisan well, leanings. They are people. No, no, no. I don't think so. Not everyone has partisan leanings. Not everyone. There are people who do not have partisan leanings, who have impeccable character and neutrality. You just need to find those people. Where would you find people. those people? <laughs> those people those people are there. But it doesn't mean that they are... Are you trying to tell me there are no in Nigerians who are incorruptible? There are millions of Nigerians who are incorrupt, incorruptible. I, I, we've seen even even policemen who have integrity. We've seen policemen. We've seen public officials. We've seen there are people who have integrity. What, we need to find what would people. what would finding this is why these the people look process, like? What what would that now? What it yeah. mean? Mm -hmm. First, how do people make? How do people get into INEC? People make recommendations. Right. If the president is going to have nominate someone. There are people whose public records are unquestionable. Right. Identify those people. Then subject that particular process to public scrutiny. Right. What you see in the National Assembly, and I speak from experience because we've been working on this issue. In the last National Assembly, when the RECs were nominated, some of them, you know, we have a REC today who was a, an aspirant for one of the political parties in Sokoto State who ran for office in 2015, but didn't secure the party's ticket. He's currently a resident electoral commissioner. That's a politician who is managing elections. How do you expect people to trust, you know, that particular process? So you subject the whole process to public scrutiny um, and invite people, if you have any petitions, submit your petitions in the National Assembly, and then let the Senate look at the merits of the petition, not the kind of politicization that we saw in the last um, National Assembly. When we as civil society submitted petitions against some of the resident electoral commissioners, Sandra, do you know what happened? Yeah. Some of them even sued us 
you know, for defamation of character. Even when in public <laughs> space, these people are known, you know, for the, the records that they have. So yeah. I think that you, we need to sanitize that entire process. And there are several ways we can do that. But also competence. Competency is very critical and capacity. You cannot have a, an INEC, you know, without a logistician on the board of INEC. You cannot have an INEC without a communications expert. You cannot have an INEC without, you know, an experienced lawyer. You need, there, there are several skill sets. So you need to also professionalize the appointment in addition to the qualification or the criteria of integrity, you know, as well as non-partisanship. The other thing, there's also a gap within the law, you know, which also says it's, it's up, the law is silent as to the number of years someone who, you know, was a member of a political party would have to stay before they can be appointed into offices. Um, where a country where it will take <laughs> it will take a lot of work, you know, to secure a judgment, you know, from the court banning a particular individual for their records from public office, mm. and and I wish that you know we are a country that that really punishes people who have held public office in the past mm. and have not only stolen public funds, but they've used public office to oppress people. They've used public office to settle into elite wars and not deliver, you know, the good governance to people. I wish that a sanction for that aside things like recall or voting them in, out of office. There are some people that shouldn't even smell public office again in their life because of the way they, they, they lead terribly uh, and and those kinds of people should not be the people who you who you send to INEC. The thing about age is also one thing. Elections are a very complex, complex exercise that requires stamina, tact and agility. Mm -hmm. You cannot flood your electoral commission with you know with old people who should be retired enjoying their time with their grandkids. Mm -hmm. Because we go to some of these meetings and some of them, you know, because of age there's one ailment or one sickness or the other, and they are not they're not strong enough to deal with the demands of organizing elections in a pluralistic society like Nigeria, one where the politicians are determined to secure power at all costs without respect or regard for the tenets of democracy and the rule of law. Okay. So you need people who are very strong. Well, so th these are some of the things we need to look at okay. as we try to appoint people into INEC. We're going to leave it at that. We'll come back and uh, talk about the other recommendations tomorrow at 5, Lagos. But Samson Itodo, thank you so much for joining us on, to, on, the, sh on the show today. You've been so gracious with your time. Thank you very much. Always delight. Thanks for having me. All right, Lagos, we'll take a break. When we come back from this break, we'll talk a bit more. Don't go away. Mommy, my teacher said 90% of my brain will develop by the time I am five. Really? What else did she say? She said I need iron in my teeth for my brain to grow well. Oh, very true. And that's why I give you Sterilizumil every day. It provides half of your daily iron needs. Mm, and Sterilizumil tastes so good. <laughs> Sterilizumil with iron salt. It's all good, man. I got stretch marks in my teens, so of course, when I became pregnant, 
I wanted to avoid them. I hear about bio oil all the time. So, you're the only choice. Bio oil helps improve the appearance of scars, stretch marks, and uneven skin tone. Bio oil is available in all leading pharmacies and shops and is available online on Jumia to identify genuine bio oil products. Look out for the structures, scratch, and text pins and be instantly rewarded with airtime. Bio oil skincare oil is clinically proven as safe for its intended use by adults, including pregnant women. In the unlikely event of skin irritation, please discontinue use. Long-term preservation is only which may be the role of single vegetables in reducing immune health and immune system and other main diseases. Go get your daily dawa at the nearest market today. Daily dawa. Smooth and common sense wishes for you. Daily dawa. Native taste maker. Hey, hey, hey. Say the one that went school when you walk out of here. Go for 2023-2024 academic year session. University International Junior Senior Secondary School. Now you need school, no. Terms and conditions apply. Powered by Ilea.